Hey everyone, this is the second part of a conversation I had with my good friend Daniel about his top five favorite music concerts. You'll first hear a quick recap and then the conversation, but I also have to apologize because upon editing the episode, I realized that about halfway through our microphone had some technical issues and so you hear some staticky noise in the background. It's bothersome, but we figured given the content of the episode, it was worth posting anyway. Hope you can still enjoy the episode. Quick recap, last time you brought up Freddie Gibbs, Brockhampton, but not really Brockhampton because we ended up segueing into mosh pits for a quick tangent. Care to just briefly refresh my memory? Yeah, so we talked about Brockhampton, and uh, (laughs) most of the things we talked about were about mosh pits and Uh how to maneuver inside one, how they start, um... So but it be- we became an expert's guide on how to how exactly. to how to navigate mosh pits. Exactly, but we didn't really talk about the actual performance that right. Brockhampton put on that right. night. I think it's yeah. I think that show is in my top five because of this one guitar solo mm-hmm. done by this member of Brockhampton called Bareface and. He has this song where he performs solo, um, where he plays guitar, electric guitar, and he sings, and it's called Summer. Okay. It's one of Brockhampton's probably most popular songs. And it is just, you know, the studio version, you know, that one's really a great song. Mm-hmm. But listening to, listening to it live was... This insane experience of just, like, you can feel how intimately he played his instrument as well as sang the song. Mm. And that's when I fell in love with live shows. I I remember the moment I listened to that song, like, quite vividly. I was on the left side of the crowd... Um, so on the left side of the stage, when you are facing the stage, so on the outskirts of like the mosh pit area, mm-hmm. and my friend, my friend, Wale, who was one of the three friends that I went with, mm-hmm. he was super dehydrated, and like I like kind of begged the bartender for water, even though they're not supposed to give out free water. Yeah. Um, and we, and because of that, we were at the, on the left side of the stage on the outskirts. Mm. And I was just standing there with my friend listening to that performance by Bareface. And yeah, that was like kind of what made concerts what it is for me now. Should I play a bit of summer to get an idea of what you experienced? Do they usually do that during podcasts? Yeah. I don't know. We can do it now. Sure. Play it. Maybe it's even better just for you. Yeah. That's cool. No. What about it? No, just listen to the whole thing. Listen to the whole oh, thing. Oh, listen to the whole thing. Just you don't, straight through. You don't need. You don't need to. You can like. Edit it out. Okay. But for you, I want you to listen to the whole thing. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. You can put your laptop on here if you want. Oh, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. been insane to experience live like i feel like the guitar or whatever that instrument it just kind of envelops you it just sucks you in absolutely that's totally a, covers you. that's a great way to describe it the sound the music it envelop, envelops envelops you. you in a non-overwhelming way it just yeah it just completely wraps absolutely around you feel ears. absorbed in that's the music the yeah um what else were you feeling during that time pure ecstasy uh-huh it felt like one of those college memories that i wouldn't forget 
It sounds like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, because I was there with three of my very good friends from college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we drove up from the suburbs to all the way to Milwaukee to see them. Mm. And we stayed the night after the show. We stayed the night at my place, actually, because I'm the... I'll, I was the one that lived the most north out of all my friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's probably the mosh pit experience and the, um, and Barefaces performance is probably why Brockhampton is top five on Mm -hmm. my list. Okay. So let me ask you, like, so when you, when you hear songs like these, Mm-hmm. live or just studio recording what are you feeling like like can you tell if you like like I, I was having a conversation earlier today like can you tell if you like a song within the first 10 or 15 seconds of hearing it i think yeah usually yeah yeah the okay. intro is very important right yeah it's like the first paragraph of a essay or yeah. the first few pages of a book yeah. They're there to grab the reader's attention yeah. or set the tone. But like very soon into the song, do you have a very viscerally emotional reaction to the song? Depends on what emotional state I'm in. Okay. Um, and what kind of, what genre of music I am listening to uh-huh. in that period of my life. Okay. Yeah. I see. Because when I listen to a song for the first time, like, do you mm-hmm. like songs upon hearing it for the first time? Absolutely. That's when I fall in love with songs. Okay. Yeah. Usually. I see. That's interesting. Yeah. So if I don't like a song after one play, mm-hmm. I tend to not like it, like, hmm. forever. I usually don't listen to that song ever again. Okay. Yeah. Usually. There's yeah. been songs that have kind of been... Um, that trend yeah um but usually after one listen if i don't like it i don't really listen to it again interesting yeah okay hmm you see that's interesting because i i think the first time i listen to a lot of songs i feel like i'm just it feels very neutral to me and then maybe the second or third or fourth time around i start to really get absorbed into it really yeah, but I think I'm the odd one out compared to most people. I think most people are like you. They like a song, like, they can tell if they really like a song or don't like it. Yeah, perhaps. Pretty soon into the, pretty soon into the first time. Do you listening. think it's because you, do you listen to a lot of music? Are you constantly listening to music throughout the day? Throughout the day? No, not all the time. Mm-hmm. No. Sometimes I feel as if, I don't have enough time have enough time to listen to all the music that I want to. Okay. So then that makes me like filter out songs that I don't like. Yeah. Um more actively. But my gut is that it's it's I feel like it's not it doesn't have much to do with mm-hmm. the amount of stuff you want to listen to. I mm. just I think it just has to do with your emotional center. Yeah, maybe your personality. Yeah. 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 I, That's I feel like people who don't have a lot to they want to listen to still have that same reaction yeah 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 i think that's right i don't know but 
Yeah, anyway, so that's Brockhampton. All right. What's, uh, do you have a rank number three? So, I don't think these are ranks. Okay, okay. These, this top five is, is in no particular order. All just, right. Just my top five. Okay. But I think, hmm, let me think about this. The third one. And are you going to include the one that, are you going to talk about the concert you went to yesterday? Well, yesterday I went to Summer Smash, which yeah. is a hip-hop music festival held in Chicago every mm-hmm. summer. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it was not, it's technically not a concert. Okay. But no, it was actually not What's a, the difference between a music festival and a concert if people are performing at either one? So a concert, um, you're not there for the entire day usually. Mm-hmm. It's probably at max like three shows and there's one main artist that you're going to see, but then right. there's like maybe one or two opening shows. So, you know, concerts, they usually start at night, like 7, 8, 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but festivals, music festivals, they usually go from, they, they're usually held for an entire weekend. Like Lollapalooza this past year was from right. Thursday to Sunday. Right. And Summer Smash um, was held from Friday to Sunday. But I, I only went on Saturday because my friend was able to get me a free ticket yeah. for just Saturday. Mm. But yeah, that's like the difference between music festivals. And music festivals, they are usually like, like 12 p.m. to 10 p.m. Mm. each day something okay. like that okay so it's like basically your entire day mm-hmm. but concerts are like an event that you go to at night yeah yeah gotcha all right so what's the third 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 group on your list i would say it's probably travis scott travis scott yeah Wait, is he that one person in that one song? Uh, you gotta be more specific <laughs> than that, my friend. He's okay. been in a lot of songs. I'm think I'm I don't think I think I'm thinking of Travis McCoy. Oh, you're talking about Billionaire? Yeah. With Bruno Mars? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. One Completely different person. Billionaire. So effing bad. Okay. So what's the what was the concert like? It was at T D Garden. Which is the home stadium of home arena of the Boston Celtics. Okay. So it fits like so I want to say like twenty to thirty thousand people. So you yeah so you were in your post grad job at the time in Boston. Yeah yeah okay. it was when I had it was at my first full time job in mm-hmm. Boston, um, and because you know I was making money I was able to afford tickets. In the f- second row, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, man, it was the most, like, lit concert that I've ever been to. Yeah. Just, I think one reason is because Travis Scott is kind of known for being, like, a, 
super hype, um, performing with a lot of hype, a lot of um, energy. And I personally am a big fan of the artist. So when I went, like, I knew almost every song. Mm. And and being in the second row, like, like I could see him, like, pretty close. Yeah. And, yeah, it was just... It was just, like, this big ball of energy, you know? The concert. Yeah. Mm. There's, like, no, like, kind of chill moments. It's just, yeah. like, banger after banger after banger. Were you... What was... What were you doing during that time? Were you standing up jumping around i was standing up for most of the concert even though i was in a seat like i was uh-huh. i had a seat assigned right, to me right I, w- I didn't go general admission yeah um which is like people standing mm-hmm. on the floor um but yeah i and then the openers were Shaq was who was like a who was known for a very famous song at the time called Mo Bamba, that okay. was that was like a really big song back in like 20, 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, but I missed it because I got there late. Um, cause uh my Uber came late. Uh-huh. And but then I saw the second opener who was Gunna and Little Baby, and they had a really uh big song named Drip Too Hard, and that was that was really that was lit too mm. really set the stage for Travis mm. and Travis came on and you know he he, he like it, there were like details of the show where it was like damn okay this guy really takes pride in his performance cause he played the the kind of the you know like the leprechaun Irish song anyway like they play it during like it, it's like kind of like a Celtic song Leprechaun Irish. Something like that. Like I don't know the I song. don't know the actual name of the song, but um I'm sure if you heard it, mm-hmm. you could probably, you know, it would sound familiar to you. But yeah. he played that with like, you know, with like a hip- No. That's <laughs> not this one. But okay. it's like a it's like it had like a hip hop flavor to it. Okay. And that's when I was like, damn, this dude like he tailored, you know, a song to um, a location to the crowd that he's performing at. Mm, and see. that doesn't happen very often, Yeah, I would say, um, at concerts because artists go to so many different venues and locations and cities mm-hmm. in a tour. Um, so then I realized, like, damn, this Travis Scott really takes pride in his live performances. Mm. Yeah, his his nickname is like, or he nicknamed his fans as Ragers, because Rager means like like being really like hyped and like so describe... taking taking part in the mosh pits yeah, yeah. like like being you know being hyper and so it describes his fan energy yeah. exactly exactly mm-hmm. I see yeah wow so that was Travis Scott yeah how long have you been following him before you went to his concert. So Travis Scott, his discography, it marks my college party life. Okay. 
he had his first album called uh well i'm forgetting the name of his first album um but any oh rodeo rodeo Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um two of the songs on there um antidote and 3500 were literally the most played songs at any college party during my freshman year of school Mm. at the university of illinois yeah um, and then sophomore and junior year, it was probably a song from his second album. Um, and the song is called Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like those three songs, whenever I listen to those songs, I'm like, yeah, I remember when I was at that super like filthy, <laughs> you know, frat party where... We were drinking jungle juice, they called it. Uh-huh. It's like a mix of whatever hard liquor, like vodka and like like Red Bull and like like fruit punch or some, you know, mm-hmm. some kind of juice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, like 50 horny kids <laughs> in one tight ass room, uh-huh. you know, trying to get laid. Yeah. With like you know, dim lights on, uh-huh. super sweaty. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's like I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, but those are, those were like the kind of, you know, settings, stages that I remember listening to the, to Travis Scott's mm. songs in during college. Mm. Mm. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. What's your fourth person? Fourth person. And it's, sorry, is Travis Scott, like, is he mostly hip-hop? He is, like, hip, all hip-hop. All hip-hop, okay. Yeah, he doesn't really produce any other genres. Okay. Like, hip-hop. Okay. Yeah. So you really, I, you, it seems like hip-hop is, like, your favorite genre. Yeah. Yeah? I'd say it's, man, it's hard to say it is. Okay. Because I listen to so many different types of music uh-huh. but it is the one that i geek out the most about it's the one that i know most about the artists um and i think it's because in our generation hip-hop was the became the most mainstream genre mm-hmm. and hip-hop was the one with the largest culture behind it. Okay. Yeah. Because artists like Kanye, Jay-Z, Eminem, yeah. 50 Cent, those are kind of the artists that made hip-hop mainstream. Mm. Like late 90s, early 2000s. And it became more and more commercialized and mainstream as time went on. And then generation before it was like MWA, right? Like yeah, that they were. It was much more uh, like underground. Uh-huh. Um, What's crazy is that that was still pretty popular. So I've been. So I've heard. Yeah, among people that listen to hip hop regularly. Yeah. 
But I don't think it was very well received by the American media, mainstream okay. media. I had a high school teacher in a van full of white boys in high school. People knew like all the lyrics to like all the the whole album or something. To NWA. That's that's not very common. Wait, I think. Whoa, 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 yeah. wait. It was a different hip hop group, but I'm, I can't remember what its name was. Uh, hip hop groups. Tribe Called Quest. I don't think so. Uh, Bad Meets Evil. That's the one so. with Drake. I mean, not Drake. Eminem and someone else. Uh, it's, it definitely wasn't Eminem. Um, was it from like the nineties? I can't remember. Was it Wu Tang Clan? I don't know, man. It might have been. Those are like kind of the biggest ones. Okay. Wu Tang Clan, A Tribe Called Quest, and Have you listened to all of them? Have I listened to entire discographies? No. No, no, no. But just like, have, you've, you've dabbled in all of them. Yeah, artists. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And you've usually liked their music. Yeah, my favorite's a track called Quest, though. Okay. Um, their music is a little more uh, laid back. Yeah. Chill. Um, it's like a stoner stream to listen to their songs when they're high. Okay. Um, so, not that I'm a stoner. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so Daniel, Daniel, so out of all, so you know how you're like, I listen to a song, I know if I like it or if I'm never going to listen to it again. Mm -hmm. What is a common thread between the songs that you like? Common thread? If, I mean, maybe there's not just one thread, mm -hmm. but what is it about the music and what it does to your emotional being? Like what, what, what is it? What is, what do all the songs that you like have in common in terms of what they how they touch you or affect you that's a good question i think i would honestly actually i would boil it down to two components actually one is emotional connection okay or what i get emotionally from a song and to be honest usually hip-hop doesn't really do that for me okay because that's why i'm asking because it's like yeah hip-hop is usually you know it, it can be quite vulgar um pretty intense it doesn't always appeal to like the softer emotions it usually doesn't yeah um you throw shade at other people yeah 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 um so when i'm feeling like emotional and stuff i usually listen to like a lot of like old korean ballads uh -huh. and like you know old k-pop it's like softer and like yeah. the topics are usually about like love or uh -huh. losing love or heartbreak or whatever mm -hmm. um but when i want to the other component the second component is i want to listen to a a work of art something that you can tell was a part of a project mm. that went through intense production stages and went through you know um you can tell that the the MCs the rappers they they produce like hard hitting lyrics they worked uh, you know on their craft and the music that I'm listening to right now, like, you can tell that it was, you know, crafts that they produced. Um, 
when I want to listen to stuff like that, masterpieces, I listen to a lot of hip-hop. Mm -hmm. I listen to Kanye West a lot of the time. I listen to Jay-Z, Eminem, and, you know, all the more recent artists that I commonly listen to today. Mm. Yeah. So, so you either want to listen to music that's sentimental or production, production heavy? Well made. Well made. Or, yeah, I don't know how to quite describe, like, you, I don't want to say critically acclaimed, because that means, like, it depends on, depends on, yeah, it, yeah, it depends on what the critics think, and, mm -hmm. I don't always agree with the critics. Yeah. But I guess it's listening to something that took a lot of work. And you can mm. tell them how it sounds. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Alright, we can talk more about that later, but what's your what's your fourth artist? My fourth artist. Yeah. It's probably Kendrick Lamar. Mm, okay. He was another big hip hop artist. Probably considered one of the greatest of our generation. Um, when did he get big? Twenty tens? Twenty tens. Twenty tens. He got super big after he dropped his sophomore album. Okay. In 2012, called okay. Good Kid, Mad City. Okay. And that is considered an absolute classic. Okay. I remember listening to it for, for the first time. Mm-hmm. I think during my freshman or sophomore year of high school. I actually downloaded it uh, when it was leaked online. Because, you know, back before streaming services were like... Um, the main way, main method of listening to music, like people actually downloaded MP3 files. Yeah, I did that too. Yeah, or bought CDs or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, because you had to produce them and then like put it in stores, you know, like there's gonna be leaks because yeah. you don't just upload a file onto a cloud and that you know on the release date you actually mm -hmm. have to produce the actual product before the release date mm -hmm. and make sure it's at the stores when it's released mm -hmm. so a lot of albums leaked you know before um, you know in the early days in like the early 20 teens but and this album leaked and I found it on Twitter I downloaded it <laughs> and I listened to it and I was like what is this? I've never listened to hip-hop quite like this before. Okay. Because, you know, I was like 14, 15, 16. Yeah. I didn't, my range in music wasn't that wide yet. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I listened to, back at that time, what I listened to was like, like Drake. Okay. Like a good artist in his own right, but on, in my humble opinion, uh, the music goes a little less, it's not as deep as Kendrick Lamar's music, mm -hmm. but when I listen to Kendrick Lamar's 
sophomore album, Big Kid Mess City. It was kind of like... Maybe this is what the... This is, maybe this is what hip-hop is supposed to be. Maybe this is what you're supposed to feel like when you listen to hip-hop. So what did you feel? I felt... I felt like the stories of a young black kid in Compton, growing up in Compton, I felt his stories were as personal as mine through the music. Hmm. Like, you could really just see him being in a van with his homies almost getting caught by the cops after, like, a home robbery. And, like, you could, you could feel him talking about, you know, high school parties and talking about kind of his, you know, how horny he was for his high school crush. Uh-huh. And, you know, I was in high school at the time, so, like, these, sto these stories resonated, yeah, yeah, in a way. Although, mm. I was very far from Compton. <laughs> I was in the <laughs> suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. Like, so, you, like, you really like music that illustrates stories of people in a very raw, emotional way. Um... I mean, that can be one reason I like it. I like music for a variety of reasons. Sure. But Good Kid, Mad City, it... That was one of the ways that appealed to me. Okay. But his his technique with his rapping, too, though... It's... He's one of the greats. He really is. And Kendrick Lamar is someone that... To be honest, I wasn't very impressed by his performance live. I don't think he's the best live performer I've seen. Okay. Um, so when did you see him? I forget that we're talking about performances that you've been to. Yeah, I saw him after my freshman year. College? Of college. Okay. So it was actually before I left Hampton. Okay. Um, yeah, I saw him at the United Center, which which is in Chicago, where the Chicago Bulls play. Yeah. Um, and I was quite far from the stage, though. I was, like, um, in the second section, or the third section, which is, like, you know, like, the first section is the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, it's closest to the stage, and the second is one up, and, and so on. Yeah. So, so I was quite far from the stage. Not the worst seats, but still far enough to not really um, see what his face looks like <laughs> yeah. on stage. Um, but it was good. It was, it was a fine concert. I was still, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and the, it was the damn tour which was mm. his fourth album and still um the most recent that album that's come out mm -hmm. um, and he played all of his bangers um he didn't really interact with the crowd which to me makes sense because 
I feel like Kendrick Lamar sees himself as as an artist. Um, Not like necessarily he, a showman, but an artist. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good way to put it. He doesn't really. I don't think he necessarily sees himself as as a show person in show business. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really use his phone. Oh, yeah, he doesn't like for social media? Yeah, he doesn't use social media. Um, he's very old school like that. He... How old is he? Because he started in 2010, it seems like. I think he was born in 87 or 86. Okay. Yeah. Um, he doesn't do a lot of, like, public interviews. He's not... He doesn't stay in the, in the limelight. He's... He hasn't come out with um, new music since 2017. That's when Damn came out. Mm. Um, and actually, just this past week, he really. Oh, actually, Black Panther album. He did release Black Panther. That kind of counts. Like yeah, that kind of counts. But it's not part of his like official discography. Yeah, because it's um, a lot of art. Yeah, it's like it's like you know it's like um, it's an original soundtrack for Black Panther. So I guess. Yeah, I guess he's put out new music, mm -hmm. but it's like he hasn't put out a new Kendrick Lamar album since yeah. 2017. Um, but he actually made an announcement just this past week. You know, he like created a website and just like posted like a memo on the website saying that um, his next album that he's currently working on that that will be his last album with the TDE label which she's a part of Cock okay. Entertainment. Okay. That was a big one because we haven't really heard from him since 2017 and mm -hmm. um and Black Panther. Yeah. Um yeah, so he can be kind of an enigma. Okay. Just stays away from the line. Yeah. Um but yeah, watching him was kind of it was kind of like watching I guess kind of like a mystical creature in a way. Because you just don't see him on TV that much, even though he's like... Oh, like, so it's this rarity aspect. Yeah, I mean, when he does tours, he goes to, like, every city, and he even performed in Chicago twice. But it's like, you're so not used to just... Yeah. He's not saturated, so it feels... Yeah. Like, you've stumbled He keeps his life very private. His wife or partner is not a celebrity. I think he has kids. I don't... I'm not quite sure. Okay. And if you do a Google search, I'm sure it'll come out, but, he, you know, like, we don't know what his kids look like. It's not like Kanye and Kim or Beyonce and Jay-Z at all. He's not a, he doesn't want to be a celebrity. For Halloween, in like 2017 or 2016 or something like that, he dressed up as Jesus. Wow. And he said, there's no one else I'd like to imitate rather than Jesus. Oh, wow. So, like, you know, he... He's probably Christian uh -huh. from, you know, from, like, things he's, he's said publicly and even from his music. There's a lot of Christian elements, uh -huh. religious themes. Um, but you just don't know that much about him hmm. in this social media age where artists try to create a brand. Hence the mythicality. Exactly. Kendrick Lamar just... Is he just focuses on his music and his artistry? Yeah, yeah. He does. He's not trying to create a brand. Mm. Yeah. On the art, not the 
He's not. He's not trying to sell you. Yeah, he's not trying to sell himself. He's just making music because he loves music. Mm. That is cool. Yeah. yeah. You you make me want to listen to him. Yeah. He he's like the type of artist that would make music even if he didn't make any money off of it. He's there for the craft. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I love that. successful album, but it's probably not better, in my opinion, it's probably not better than Pimp Butterfly or Good Kid Mad City, but it was the most commercially um, successful. One point, oh, Humble. Humble was, I mean, everybody, and everyone knows what the music video is, like, too. I can't remember, but I just remember the, you know. It was so commercially successful, but... I think that, yeah. I might, no, I think I might not agree. Oh, yeah. Humble, every, in the, during his, uh, show, Almost everyone in the arena knew the verse. And they all sang along. They all sang along. He just let the audience sing. Because when I went to the concert, it had already been like three months since the album came out. So like everyone had already listened to it like X number of times, right? Yeah. So they knew all the lyrics already. Concert in Chicago. Mm-hmm. 
also my sophomore year of school, mm -hmm. of college, uh -huh. uh, first semester of sophomore year in 2016, right after the Cubs World Series. Um, and I went with my Korean friends from college, and I rented a car, and I did the three-hour um, drive to Chicago and back in one day, yeah, in the same day, to see him. And one of the friends that we went with, he was in the Korean military at the time, doing his two-year mandatory service. But because he's a United States uh, legal resident, meaning he has a green card, he comes back to the United States every six months to keep that, um, to keep his uh, residency um, intact. So, and yeah, so he was visiting Champagne. He was staying in Champagne. And so he, he came and he had to go see the concert. I mean, I think I was the one most into going. Um, but yeah, he was going to go and I went with him and uh, three other friends. Yeah. Um, it was a very intimate concert. You know, Korean artists, unless they're like K-pop bands, like BTS or... Um, NCT or Blackpink or Twice, they, those are the ones, probably not even Mamamoo. Okay, I just learned about Mamamoo. Yeah, but Mamamoo's a big one, but there's certain K-pop bands, groups that are super popular worldwide, including the U.S., and they sell out Madison Square Garden. But, you know, K-pop artists that aren't as big as them, they probably play in like smaller venues. They do play in smaller venues, like the one that I went to when Crush played. That was the Vic Theater. I'm pretty sure capacity is probably less than a thousand. Okay. Yeah. But don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. It's been it's been like five years. Um. But. That was the second concert I have ever, I ever went to. Um, and Crush is just one of my favorite Korean artists. Um, his music is can be described as R and B. Um, and he he's kind of the king of Korean R and B. Um, maybe someone can say that Zion T is in that, um, you know, is also a very big player in Korean Army too, but for me, Crush plays a little more homage to old school R&B, um, especially American R&B, you know, like you can really feel the influences um, from groups like, I don't know, like old, old, you know, old school R&B, like Boys to Men, or, or, I actually don't know that many old school R&B singers, but from how the music sounds, you can definitely tell that there's influences. Mm. Yeah. Wow. 
that this is like the only this is the only one you picked that falls into that category of like Korean ballad, really like more romantic kind of songs. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Yeah. Um, his music is. It probably doesn't have the process of like a Kanye album or a Kendrick Lamar album when it's being produced. But it's still high quality music. There's a reason it's a following. There's a following. Um, but yeah, you listen to it for different reasons than when you listen to it. How did it feel being there live? It felt like... You almost feel... Like... You're in a different country, in a way. Because most of the crowd is Korean. You know, like, 90% of the crowd is Asian. Yeah. And, like, if there's, like... A white person, or you know, person of another race. They're the ones that are in like the minority. Yeah. So that felt a little weird. Um, but it all—it's funny how international our world is now. Like artists who make their music in a small East Asian country tour in. Europe and the U.S. and maybe even like Australia, New Zealand, where there's like Korean populations, or or, or you know, people listen to their music even as non-Koreans in those other areas. It's just crazy how crazy how we are now. Yeah, yeah, but um. His music was really good. I know his, his like, discography like, quite well. I know a lot of his songs by heart. Um, so, you know, you just usually have more fun at a concert where you know what their entire set list is going to be. Yeah. Um, or where you know like, each song in the hit list, personally. Yeah. Did it feel like you needed to know Korean to really enjoy the, the concert? That's an interesting topic. Do you need to know how to speak a language to enjoy the song of a, ling- of a certain language, of a foreign language? I'm not quite sure if you need to. Okay. May, perhaps there is a deeper emotional connection when you actually know what the singer is, is saying. But... I'm not quite sure that, quite sure that, that um, literacy, literacy, or it's not literacy, is it? Being able to speak that language um, is necessary to feel the emotional aspect of the song. Okay. But I imagine it helps. Um, but yeah, I was just super emotionally drawn to his entire performance. You know, singing along. Singing. Are they sadder songs or are they? Like no, they don't have no, to be necessarily. necessarily. Like, 
I guess R&B stands for rhythm and blues. So they do have a perhaps have an undertone of sadness to them. But no, not all of the songs are sad. Some of them even lean into like the upbeat hip hop songs. He definitely has upbeat songs. But yeah, he he. When I listen to him, I listen to that. I can relate to kind of this Korean emotional side of things. Kind of emotions. Korean emotions. Yeah, it's like. Maybe it's emotions created by the Korean language. Or growing up in Korea. Or growing up in Korea, or just being, you know, Korean. But, like, sometimes, you know, in his early songs, he would talk about, you know, how he would be in, like, music school, and, like, he would take a certain bus to get to that school, and, like, you know, like, personal stories like that in his music. And I'd be like, you know, like I'm, I moved out of Korea when I was seven, so, like, I definitely don't know, like, the soul bus routes, but... But, you know, like, you imagine, like, him walking around, like, the streets of Seoul, not knowing if he's really going to make it or like, mm-hmm. you know, attending, like, music school and music academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and even about love, like, I think, you know, sometimes, like, love, love, in certain in different cultures, cultures can entail different things sometimes, right? Like, I don't know, like, Korean, when you look at a Korean couple and, like, when you look at a, a French couple, they might behave differently. There might be different norms. Um, and sometimes listening to Korean music kind of makes me feel understood. Hmm. I feel more understood by Korean music sometimes than American music. Mm. Mm. Um, a sense of belonging. Sense of belonging. Yeah. yeah. Familiarity. Familiarity. Um, um, yeah. And more, yeah. more resonance. Yeah. It yeah. re- resonates more. Um, and that's kind of why. That's a big reason why I listen to regular music. Is uh is crush the how many Korean artists have you seen live? Let's see. Let's see. Marker dot crush Hyogo DPR Live Epic So five. Wow, so a fair number. Yeah, five five of twenty or so shows. Yeah. Okay. All right, so that's number five. So that's number five. Yeah, okay. I think that's number okay. five. So I want to cap it off. I want to want to conclude this by recapping real quick. Just your list of five. Yeah, yeah. My top five shows, five shows live shows that I've been to. Um, they are Crush, Crush, 
a Korean army singer, Kendrick Lamar, who needs no introduction, Brock Hampton, who is a, a hip hop group um, that's still active today, and Travis Scott, also kind of needs no introduction, and Freddie Gibbs, who is, you know, a real, 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 real dude. I don't know how to say it. Like he's like a real one, out of Gary, Indiana. Cool, cool, cool. Well, thanks for sharing your list. Thanks for sharing your list. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Well, to those of you listening, you have five new artists and most to check out. So, yeah. Um. We'll see you next time. We'll see you Bye. Next time. Bye.